Well, hi, and welcome back to the Godwit podcast for another week. My name's David Kowalik. And I'm Paul Smith. And this week we're continuing our discussion on the origins of humanity and the original, the foundations of the story of the Bible in Genesis. Yeah, when we say story of the Bible, we're not going to go into all of the details of Genesis, which there are many, many themes in. The main thing we're wanting to underscore is the whole idea of the kingdom of God uh, as it is in the Old Testament, working its way forward, and then the restoration of the kingdom of God in the coming of Jesus as the second Adam. And we're going to look at the first Adam and what went wrong there, and then we're going to see the second Adam brings restoration. Um, actually, just a little bit before, I was saying how uh, in the first garden, there was the first Adam who said to God, not your will but mine be done, mm-hmm. and decided to go his own way. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, as the second Adam, says, not my will but yours be done to God the Father, sort of reversing everything that happened with Adam, which then culminates in the final garden in the Bible where the whole restoration of the heavens and the earth and of humanity and creation and everything is brought back together, which really is the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, which is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come. So Mm -hmm. the coming of the kingdom is actually a big, big story, which is all the way through the through the Bible. Even when it doesn't use doesn't use the word kingdom specifically, what we're looking at in Genesis chapter one is the kingdom of God as it was, uh, with God ruling over humanity and of human beings as his proxies ruling over creation, along with all the other um, sons of God who were ruling over the heavens. Mm-hmm. So it was one big, beautiful kingdom with all the different um, authority structures and hierarchy and all that stuff. You know, we don't like those words, hierarchy, do we, and authority? Yeah, that's because just like subdue yeah. and rule, um, hierarchy has been abused. Yeah, and, and hierarchy has lost its original beauty and become a negative word. Even the word authority, because of authoritarianism, has mm-hmm. become a negative word as well. Yeah. But true authority is actually good and right. And we actually like good authority. If you've ever worked in a workplace where you have a, a really good employer and you get on with everyone and you're all producing something important and interesting, it's a fantastic way to live. Mm-hmm. And that's just a slight little inkling of what it was like for Adam and Eve to be ruling in the world under God and enjoying his rulership and and them being therefore good rulers of the earth. And I, I, I imagine that the creation actually enjoyed Adam and Eve originally and it was just going to keep on getting better. Yep. So um, where are we going from here? Well, last week we discussed the concept of humans, Adam and Eve, um, being given the task and the being created in the image of God and in the likeness of God um, to be with to be given the task of stewarding the creation mm. to it says to rule over and to care for and to subdue mm. and some of those words might have negative connotations in some people's minds because again mm. they're things that have been abused yeah but to rule and to subdue and and to care, I mean, no one has a problem with care. <laughs> uh, but to rule and subdue, they're supposed to be good things. Yeah. They're supposed to be for the benefit of rule and subdue and care go together. Mm. That we, we're we supposed to rule and subdue the creation as a form of caring for it. Yeah. 
But as we <clears throat> we uh, saw last week, we didn't get into it, but something went dreadfully wrong. But before it went wrong, when human beings were created, as we saw in verse 26, uh, God said, let us create man in our image. And so verse 27, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. I find that really interesting that to be created in the image of God, we have to be created as not just one person, Mm. but as two and not just any two people, not two people who are exactly the same, but two people who are different. And you've got to ask the question, why are we created plural and why are we created different? Mm. And I think that the answer is that God himself is not just a monad. He's not just a single kind of entity who for eternity was sitting around bored and lonely. But if we go back to, say, John chapter 1, it says in the beginning, and that word beginning is not the same word that's beginning in verse 1 of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There's actually a different word that's used in the Greek, and that word means something like the source of everything. The word beginning is arche, which means the the fountainhead through from which everything came out of, including the beginning. The beginning Mm -hmm. actually came out of the fountainhead. The fountainhead was God. The word was with the word was with God. And of course we know Jesus is the word and God is the Father. And they share one spirit. So we get the idea of the Trinity from. I don't want to get into that right now. But God was in a relationship as a community within himself before creation. And so when we're created in the image of God, we can't be monads. We can't be individuals. We have to be created to love and to be loved. Yeah. Because God loves and he is able to love and to be loved. And to be in his image, we have to be loved and to love. And so that is why there is a difference as well, because the difference means that you need the other and you can't you can't exist without the other. And so there's something of a completion that takes place when we're in proper relationships with one another. And um, this this opens up the whole idea of the way in which everything in the world worked beautifully and functionally was the connections that took place between things. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about connections these days and connecting with people and engaging with people. And that's because at the deepest level, the thing that makes life worth living is connecting and engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been on a really amazing holiday and you've done it alone, it's not a lot of fun. <laughs> But when you share that with someone else, you know, you, yeah. you travel with someone else, it's it's not just twice as good. I reckon it's ten times better when you can share the joys of, of uh, you know, something amazing with someone else. And also to share griefs with someone else just lessens the pain so much more. And it's because we're created to love and to be loved because God loves and that's just the way he is. God is love. I mean, if you had to describe God and just use one word, that started with L and ended with of, what would it be? Um, <laughs> yeah, love, obviously. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so God, you put God me on is, the spot. Yeah, like, no. okay. <laughs> so God, God is love, not just that he's loving, but he's essentially love. And human beings are created to love and to be loved. So um, that's a, a 
true nature. And mm. this goes to the heart of what covenant is. Covenant is isn't a contract. It's it's a connection, and it's a mutually beneficial connection, and it's essential, and it's part of our nature to be connected in covenant relationships. And even though it doesn't talk specifically about covenant here, it's a what I would call a um, an in, an inherent covenant relationship between God and us, between the man and the woman, and that also implies not only the man and the woman, but between one human being and another, and then also between human beings in creation. And that is what I believe constitutes life, because Jesus said that eternal life is to know God the Father and the one whom he sent. And when we're caught up into that relationship, we're entering into eternal life. That was John 17, verse 3. So the definition of life is connection, and then we're going to see what happens later on in this story is that death enters, Mm. which implies that there's a breakdown in those connections. Mm -hmm. So what we see here is a picture of perfect humanity in perfect connection with God, with one another and creation. That's the way it was meant to be. That's the kingdom of God uh, was implied anyway, that that is what the kingdom of God was like then. Mm. I have heard um, a number of people kind of refer to their Christian faith as like a solo thing. Mm. Like, you know, it doesn't matter about other people. It's between me and God. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, that no. doesn't that yeah, doesn't no. gel with the Bible. <laughs> no. It just it just doesn't. No. It, you can't say that. In the New Testament, um, we are called, a lot of people refer to their bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um the the language, the original language in uh, in that description is you plural, mm. meaning you as a group yeah. are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and yes, we um, as individuals as well. But the the sense is that uh, you know Peter says you are being you as living stones are being built into the house of God. That's right. We are stones collectively together in the same mm. wall and the same framework as a mm. house collectively together. Yeah. Together we are the people of God. Mm. There's no no such thing as solo Christianity. No. And <clears throat> the origins of that are here in mm. Genesis chapter chapter 1 and 2 because God actually says in chapter 2 um again uh, we said this last week, if you haven't watched that episode, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are two um, different creation accounts. It's They don't flow on. Chapter 2 doesn't flow on from Chapter 1. Mm. It's another um, account, like a parallel yeah. one. There's some differences between them, different emphases. Mm. Um, it's like if you had, uh, you know, I don't know, two different movies that are made on the same Subject, but there's if you ever you know, a different a different director and yeah. you know the, the the one you watch first is always the best one, <laughs> and the second one you go oh, I don't know it can grow on you later. Well, if the one you watch first isn't any good, you don't watch the second one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood makers need to um, stop making sequels. I think for movies because they just wreck it every time. But this is a good sequel. This this works. Well, this isn't a sequel. It's a um. What is it? A parallel. What is it? It's a par- it's a parallel. It's yep. a it's another creation account that was telling a different part of the story, yep. telling it in a different way. We can see in chapter two from verse eighteen, 
it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Mm. I will make a helper suitable for him. It's not good for him to be alone. And any woman What's could the words tell you of God? that. Any woman could tell you it's not good for a man to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the, that word helper is actually an interesting word. Um, a lot of people have seen that in a pejorative sense and think that it's kind of like a lesser thing, that the woman's only there to help the man, you know, do his thing. But um, Are you saying that's not true? I'm saying that's not true. So am I going to have to reevaluate my whole life? You are going to have to reevaluate your entire life, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, my wife doesn't watch these anyway, so (laughs) ignorance is bliss. Yeah, just as well. But but that same word is actually used talking about God being the helper of Israel. Yeah. It doesn't mean, obviously, it doesn't mean he's lesser than Israel. It doesn't mean he's subordinate. No, it means he's actually the saviour and the the completer of Israel. He brings Israel to where it's meant to be, and without him, there'd be nowhere. And in a sense, this is what's going on here, is that the woman um, enables the man to be a man, and the man enables the woman to be a woman. Mm. And, uh, And that's not only true across the sexes, it's true across ages and across uh, races and all that kind of thing. We need, there is no everyone without without you. So we need you for us to be everyone. Mm-hmm. And so there is that sense in which um, we are connected at some kind of primeval level with all humanity. And as the old saying goes, don't ask for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for you or it tolls for me. And so uh, we are. I've got no idea what that saying means. Oh, that the bell tolling is for someone who's died. Oh, okay. And the, so, so the when, only reference I know is Metallica, for whom the bell tolls. Oh, really? Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Metalhead. Yeah. Um, mm. So we are. You remember in the the story of Cain and Abel, and Cain, so it just means everyone's going to die. No, <laughs> it means everyone's connected. Ah, oh. yeah. It's not just tolling for the person who's died. It's tolling for all of us because we've all we're all connected to that person who's died. And it oh, affects I us thought all. it meant. I thought it meant it, that's coming for you too. <laughs> well, well you, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. You know, it what, tolls for me and it tolls for you. you and you, you just was, said the to- bell tolls for the dead person. The problem is you. You've been listening to too much Metallica. <laughs> that's what. That's what that problem is. Yeah, right, fair enough. Uh, where were we? You were just saying how death comes for everybody. <laughs> no, that's not what I was saying. I was saying we're all connected, and when one person dies, it affects us all, not just the person who dies, because we're we're interconnected as human beings. <laughs> okay, that's a oh man, I can't work with these conditions. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there was a point here somewhere. Where was that? that? We're all connected. We're all connected. Yeah. So the helper thing. Yeah. Um, that. The woman was created in order to save the man from being alone. And the man saves the woman from being alone too. So it works both ways. But we're created to love and to be loved. Yep. And so without the, that plurality and without those connections, we can't be fully human. Um, you know, I, I sort of think that the, the most important roles that I have in my life, and I've got a number of different roles, like for instance, you know, I'm a pastor of a church and I'm an artist, and I am a preacher. They're just things I do. But the things that really define me most of all are things like I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a friend, um, and 
I'm also connected with God. I'm a child of God. Yeah. They're the things that really, really make me who I truly am. Like if I had to no longer be an artist or no longer be a pastor, you know, I'd, I'd get past that pretty quickly. But to no longer be a father yeah. or a husband or a friend, to no longer be a child of God, that would be losing my actual core identity. So those connections are what we are made for and created for and that's what makes us what we truly are because that is the image of God being outworked at a very profound relational level. Yeah. Did you know that in the UK a few years ago they actually appointed a minister for loneliness in, oh, really? the, in their federal cabinet? Yeah. You know, the song he listened to in his office all the time was, All the Lonely People. Who? The Minister for oh, Loneliness. okay. <laughs> Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. good song. Yeah, it is. Um, but, yeah, the point is, so it's, um, it's been declared in several countries an um, epidemic. Yeah. An epidemic of loneliness. And I think the Surgeon General of U- the United States a few years ago also said it was, I mean, this is pre-COVID. Mm. COVID's taken over now. <laughs> Let's not talk about COVID. <clears throat> mm. uh, that it was the number one health risk. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was the number mm. one health risk in the United States. Wow. Was loneliness. Wow. Uh, e- either number one or high up there mm. in the top three. Yeah, well, I actually heard of it. But I'm guy. pretty sure it was number one. It was yeah. the number one health Health risk, loneliness, yeah. because it, it shortens your lifespan. It causes it it uh, causes all these other health problems. Yeah, like mental illness and depression, and which then affects your physical being. And yeah, yeah, no, it's it's pretty because we're wired for connection. It, yeah. God said it's not good for man to be alone. No, it is really not good. So in the story in in uh, Genesis chapter two, uh, it says that. As we've said, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. And then it goes on to to say, and God had formed all the other animals and he brought them to Adam to be named. But it says from verse 20, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, He took part of the man's side and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the side he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. You know, we, we could go into a whole bunch of stuff about there, about um, about the relationship between men and women. That's not our main intention here. But the point is that they were naked and they felt no shame mm. and because they had nothing to hide. And it's not just their physical nakedness, but they had a emotional nakedness and a spiritual nakedness and everything about an them. an innocence. Yeah, and not just an innocence but a, a kind of a glory uh, everything about them was so magnificent that you wouldn't want to cover it up because it just poured out with the glory of God and the glory of creation and everything about them was absolutely wonderful and perfect. And so um, uh, 
They didn't have to be cosmetic in any way. They didn't have to cover up what they were or make up for what they weren't because everything about them was absolutely wonderful. And even though I think most theologians would agree Adam and Eve were not matured, they weren't at the place they were eventually going to be, they were innocently and magnificently beautiful, strong and just full of the glory of God and everything about them was reflecting the glory of God. And so... um, and so they felt they felt no shame mm. and nothing to cover up. Mm. What an amazing, what an amazing place to be. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, so it's not clothes aren't just about keeping you warm. It's because even on even on a hot day, it's it's it it covers up something. It not just again not just physically. There's something more going on. Um, well, but what a beautiful picture of the way creation was meant to be. And, of course, we take that both really and also metaphorically that um, there's something magnificent going on here. Mm. So what we have in this creation story of Genesis 1 and 2 is of a good creation mm. and um, a command for fruitfulness mm. and multiplication and productivity yep. and good stewardship by the humans, there's a partnership, mm-hmm. there's a um, a strong relationship between the man and the woman. She was taken out of his side as a, mm. an equal and he says, this, she's now bone of my bones and mm. flesh of my flesh. And and, uh, and it says that a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and there'll be one flesh. There's a oneness yeah. about um, the relationship between the man and the woman. Yeah. And there's a a symbiotic relationship, as we talked about in the, the last episode, between humanity and creation. Yeah. Um, the man cultivates or the humans cultivate creation and the creation sustains yeah. sustains the humans and there's a flourishing and it's all under the rule of God. Mm. God says this is how it is. God planted the garden and then you put the man in the garden to care mm. for it and yeah. he gave him a partner and he put him over the, all the animals. There's like this good really good network of yeah. things that's working. Yeah. The relationship of humans to God, to each other, to the mm. creation was mm. good. Mm. So what we have in uh, Chapter 2 is just this beautiful picture of how things are meant to be, of all the connections that we talked about before, and then we go into the next chapter and starts to come apart a little bit. Yeah, starts to unravel. Mm. Um, but that's what we're going to look at next week. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave it here for now and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye for now.